We are talking this morning with Father Joseph Kelly, a priest of the Diocese of Springfield in Cape Girardeau, more on the, the Cape Girardeau side of the diocese, in our listening area down in Oran, Missouri. Father, so good to have you with us today. It's good to be with you, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I noticed last week when we were talking about the upcoming Marian Conference in Jackson, Missouri, that you are one of the speakers, and this really works out well because we've been wanting to have you on the program for a while. It's a week that, you know, this morning we focus on our devotion to our Mother of Perpetual Help. This Saturday is First Saturday, and, and we focus on that devotion to our Blessed Mother. And you are giving a talk at the Marian Conference that is applicable to all of us, and that is on Mary as co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate. And as soon as I say that, as soon as I say that, I know that somewhere listening there is someone that's saying, I have no idea what that means. So, Father, I'm going to turn it over to you for a second, maybe to just give us a really quick explanation, especially those terms. I think advocate we all get, but co-redemptrix and mediatrix. Sure, yeah. So, um, and it's an excellent question. Yes, we get that all the time, especially when we attach these titles to Our Lady. And uh, basically, a very basic just theological understanding of it is, of course, we we call our, our Blessed Lord, the second person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus Christ, He is the Redeemer. It was through the merits of His sacrifice upon the cross, uh, through his, the Paschal mystery of Him dying and rising from the dead, it was through His actions and through his actions alone by which we are redeemed. Okay, so we call him the Redeemer. We also call him the mediator between God the Father and and humanity in regards to um, to our salvation and the salvific work that he wrought upon the cross. He is the one who offered himself in sacrifice on our behalf. So we call we give him that title of mediator. So they're they're masculine terms, we could say, um in regards to being the Redeemer and the Mediator, but uh, whenever we give the title of co-redemptrix and mediatrix to Our Lady, there's a most or more so feminine terms that are given to Our Lady, and our our understanding of this is not that that Our Lady somehow helped out Jesus, <laughs> so that there was something lacking in Jesus, you know that that. that uh, he needed help in redeeming us or being the mediator with us. That's not the understanding of it at all. It's that Our Lady, through her own yes to God at the Annunciation, um, whenever Gabriel told her um, that God had you know, chosen her to be the mother of the Redeemer, um, through through her act there and then through her course, um, uh, especially at, at her when her fiat, her yes, came to fruition at the foot of the cross, um, and that interior passion that she endured, um, she, uh, we could say, uh, contributed uh, in in a way to um, to that uh, that redemptive act of Jesus Christ on the cross. God did not need her, but God nevertheless used her um, to help souls to uh, to turn to Christ, to turn to our Lord, and to be redeemed. But it is only through Him that we are redeemed. So there's a there's a very important distinction that we do have to make. Um, but it, it's it, the the um, the analogy that I often like to use, uh, and, and this is something I think Louis de Montfort uses in his treatise on true devotion to Mary, is that whenever we come to Our Lady, and this would be more reference, I think, to the advocate um, title that we give to Our Lady, but whenever we come to Our Lady, um, 
or, or take a step back, whenever we come to our Lord um, and uh, in our bringing our, our petitions or our, our approaching Him with thanksgiving and so forth, our, as Louis de Montfort likes to put it, our offering is made more perfect through the hands of Our Lady, like a peasant bringing um, a, a, a grouping of flowers that has all sorts of flowers, but it also has weeds and, you know, undesirables in it. Whenever we pre- want to present them to, whenever a peasant wants to present them to the king, Our Lady, who is the queen, uh, takes the, the this bouquet that we have, and she takes out all of the weeds and the undesirables and makes it a more perfect presentation to the king and makes it a more pleasing offering. That's kind of the analogy that Louis de Montfort uses, and kind of the analogy that we can use in our understanding of Our Lady uh, as the co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate. It's a beautiful example. It's one I've often said, not not to uh, steal St. Louis de Montfort's thunder, but I mean, think of all the times that someone comes to you and asks you to do something, and you say, oh yeah, I'll consider that. And I've had times where it's a family friend, and they say, oh, Adam, uh, could you help out with this? And I say, oh, sure, I'd be glad to if I'm able. And then my mom finds out that they ask that question, and she says, now, Adam, you're going to be able to help them, right? And uh, how, how, even if I could say no to them, how could I say no to my mother? And I, I think in a similar way, in a similar way, you know, our Blessed Mother would never ask our Lord to grant us anything that we should not have. And that's where that third title you're talking about comes in, that she is our advocate. Exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's, and that's like you said, that's the term that people are, are certainly most familiar with and, and are understanding of, is, is advocate. She is an advocate, just in a similar way. All of the angels and the saints are advocates for us before the throne of God. But Mary, of course, holds a very special place in being the mother of the Redeemer. Uh, you, I mean, doesn't get much better than that, right? So, um, so she holds a very primal place when it comes to being, being an advocate between us and her son. And so we're, we're all familiar with that, especially through the various devotions that we do have, including the Holy Rosary, the First Saturday devotions. Uh, the month of August is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, and so those devotions to her Immaculate Heart, the praying of litanies and other prayers and so forth. So we're all very familiar with that, but um, obviously these, these things are, um, you know, are an important reminder to us of the emphasis of the importance of having a devotion to Our Lady. Well, I'd like to talk about this some more, but we need to take a really quick break here. We're talking with Father Joseph Kelly about the Blessed Mother, a fine thing to do on this Tuesday morning. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're talking with Father Joseph Kelly this morning about three titles of our Blessed Mother, co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate. And on this Tuesday morning especially, I want to I talk about what that means, the advocate part, a little bit more, because today we pray our perpetual help devotions. And I, I think of, you know, first time I ever heard the word perpetual. Where did I hear it? Perpetual motion, always in motion. So perpetual help, always assisting us in prayer. But what is the Blessed Mother doing when she's perpetually helping us, or, or what is she praying for? And then Saturday, we have the first Saturday devotion coming up, and we know that as part of that, our Blessed Mother made some promises to us through <coughs> Sister Lucia. And what are those promises? So, Father, let's start with, with Tuesday. Let's start with today. When we talk about our devotion to our Mother of Perpetual Help, 
what is what exactly is it she is helping us to do? Sure. Well, first and foremost, it's it's drawing closer to her son. Um, any devotion that we have to Our Lady, the ultimate end is to draw closer to Jesus, to have have a, a better union relationship with Him. And this is another you know, taking from uh, St. Louis de Montfort's uh, teachings, and what he writes about um, is just the the idea that just as Christ was uh, His physical body and was formed in the womb of Our Lady, um, so our souls, so to speak, whenever we give ourselves to Our Lady, our souls are formed uh, by Our Lady to be more and more Christ-like. So that's that's the end goal, is to draw into a deeper union with Christ and to be more and more like Him, of course, which is ultimately the thrust of the Gospel. Okay? So whenever we engage in, in and pray the perpetual help devotions, we're calling upon Our Lady to, to uh, essentially always always help us, certainly, to uh, to draw into that deeper union with our son, to to, um, to turn away from sin, because we know, we know that conversion is not a one-time ex- experience or one-time decision. It's constant. It's ongoing. We're constantly seeking to overcome sin and vice in our lives and to uh, to practice those habits that, that are going to help us to, to be better Christians and followers of our Lord. And Our Lady helps us to do that. She intercedes for us. She leads us, and she... Uh, just as Christ, again, his, his physical body, the incarnate Word, was formed in the womb of Our Lady, her physical womb, so we too, uh, whenever we have that devotion to Our Lady, are formed in her, her spiritual womb, we could say, in, in a sense. Father, this is really important, not just for this Tuesday as we talk about the, the perpetual help of the Blessed Mother, um, but we, we get into the promise that she made talking to Sister Lucia at, at Fatima, appearing to her in 1917, and she says, I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation all those who, in order to make reparation to me on the first Saturday of five successive months, go to confession, receive Holy Communion, recite five decades of the rosary, and keep Mary, keep the Blessed Mother company for 15 minutes while meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. Now, again, she's not promising to do the work. That's Christ who does the work but to assist us at the hour of death um, perpetually, and in that moment especially, interceding for us. This is a very important thing, and this isn't just some barter that, well, if, if you give me this time on Saturday, I'll give you this. So why are these first Saturday devotions important? I mean, we put a lot of stress on them here at Covenant Network, but why sure. is that devotion so important? Sure. Well, ultimately, you know, it's, uh, it's encouraging us to live out the gospel message, to live out the tenets of the gospel, which ultimately is just devotion and imitation of our Lord. And, you know, we, we obviously need those—we need grace <laughs> to be able to do that. And these First Saturday devotions are an avenue of that grace, um, especially because of, of what they what they entail, uh, the recitation of, of the Holy Rosary, of course, and spending that, that time with Our Lady— but above all, it draws us to the sacraments. It draws us to confession. It draws us to uh, worthily receiving and, and, and being well-prepared to receive Jesus in Holy Communion and to do so in a devout and a loving way. And because of that, that's what makes these First Saturday devotions of the utmost importance, because they do draw us to the sacramental life of the Church, which are the greatest avenues of grace that God has given to us. And so, that, I mean, that's the, the main thrust, of course, behind them, but we know that 
uh, in this in this journey of our faith and in this life that we live and seeking to be draw closer to Christ, He's given us these gifts of being able to to utilize them to draw closer to Him, to have a, a firm uh, and healthy spiritual life. First and foremost, in the sacraments, but also He's given us His Mother. And, and I often I like to tell people, you know, especially. Uh, you know, those who do not share the Catholic faith or our Protestant uh, brothers and sisters who will object, you know, say, well, why why should we have a devotion, to, you know, to Mary? And I dare say there have even been some Catholics who have said this over time. Why, why have a devotion to Our Lady? Well, the simple, an- simple answer is Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus had a devotion to Our Lady. Uh, we've, if you read through the sacred scriptures and see how the, the, the love and the respect and the honor that he shows to her, especially um, at the wedding feast at Cana. And she was the one that prompted his first miracle. And also, of course, at the foot of the cross, whenever she gives humanity uh, to her to be uh, humanity's uh, spiritual mother. Um, and so we see, we see in the Gospels even how Jesus had a devotion to Our Lady, and we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, are we not? I think that's a good enough answer for me. You know, why should I have this devotion? Because because our Lord did. All right, Adam, are you better than our Lord? No. Okay, have the devotion. Now, Father, you mentioned something there that I, I'd like to end with this as, as we run out of time here, sure. that uh, sure. our, our Blessed Mother draws us into a participation in the spiritual life, in the, the sacramental life especially. And I think of oftentimes when we announce, don't forget, first Friday's coming up, first Saturday's coming up, in both of those devotions we are called to go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. And so we often think, if you are not in a state of grace, if you are in a state of mortal sin, and you knowingly go and receive Holy Communion, you're committing the sin of mortal sin of sacrilege, and, and we don't want that right. for, for you, me, or right. anyone, and so go to right. confession. But but when I look at the requirements for the first Saturday devotion, it just says go to confession. It does not say go to confession if you are in a state of mortal sin. It says go to confession. Right. And so often mm-hmm. I, I used to think, I'm going to see how long I can make it in between needing to go to confession and, and, and actually going. Like, you know, we have gone zero days. We have gone 10 days without a mortal sin in, in my spiritual life. We, you know, whatever the, the sign may be. And I would wear that like a badge of honor. But really, the goal is not to avoid going to confession for six months. I mean, the goal is to avoid sin and mortal sin, obviously. But right. even in that, we, we may not be in a state of mortal sin. We still can make a regular devotional confession. And just in case anyone's saying, well, I don't want to be in line Saturday morning wondering what that means to make a good devotional confession, I wonder if you could shed some light on that uh, from the confessor's standpoint. Sure, yeah. So, uh, good question. Um, well, first, uh, I guess just to you know provide a, just a little bit of imagery, I think this comes from St. Padre Pio, if I remember correctly, um, because he was talking about confession, about the importance of regular confession, even, you know, obviously if one does not, you know, uh, is not in a state of mortal sin. Um, of course, heaven forbid. Uh, but the analogy he uses is is um, we, it's important for us, you know, to uh, to keep our houses clean. You know, and we uh, we need to dust our houses and to keep it clean and not wait for the dust to pile up or wait for the you know the house to burn down or something before we do something about it. We need to you know to keep keep it clean. Well, he connects that analogy to the soul, you know, the importance of having a regular confession of of um, you know, ensuring that our our souls are being dusted, so to speak, and being and being kept kept pure and clean as as possible, including overcome overcoming maybe habitual venial sins that we do have. Um, but as as uh, to make you know as as you mentioned, you know, to make a quote unquote devotional confession, 
and uh, I've actually gotten questions about this recently um, in regards to Venielsen especially, but I just, I, I think it's, it is a tremendously good habit to have um, because we, we know, we know that we are weak. We know that we are sinners. And even in, even when we sin in the smallest ways, it's displeasing to our Lord and it harms our relationship with him in some way. And so if we have a regular habit of confession or devotional confession, whatever one wants to call it, especially as it pertains to the first five Saturday devotions, it's just a good way to keep our souls dusted, <laughs> to to go around and do, you know, just as we as many people do, you know, every week to just, you know, wipe down the tables and, and, and just dust things in our spiritual homes, which is our souls. And it just keeps our spiritual life healthier. It helps us to be more attentive to areas of our lives that we need to work on more. And it just helps us to have a uh, a greater grow in a greater love for God's mercy that He offers to us in that glorious sacrament. So I, I just think from those standpoints, it's it's really important that we do have that regular habit, not just hitting the you know the the lowest bar, so to speak, um, of going maybe just once a year. And if that's what what people do, and that's you know good for them, that's great. But I think if we're wanting to advance even more in the spiritual life, regular confession is a fantastic way to do that, especially if we connect it to the first five Saturday devotion. What, what's the old joke that the child said? I take a bath once a month, whether I need it or not. Um, right. <laughs> and for, for Adam yeah, Wright, I'm exactly. not going to speak for our listeners. For Adam Wright, you know, that for me, that'd be like saying, I go to confession once a year, whether I need it or not. No, friends, I need it. I need it a lot more. In fact, I, I am due to get to the confessional, and may this first Saturday be that driving force for me. Father Kelly, I want to thank you for being with us. If you want to hear more about our Blessed Mother as co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate, and you live near or within driving distance of Jackson, Missouri, be sure to check out the Mary Conference in Jackson Friday, August 13th, and Saturday, August 14th. For more information, you can email risewithmary at yahoo.com. That's rise, R-I-S-E, risewithmary at yahoo.com. It begins at 4.45 p.m. on Friday and again at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday, and they do ask for an RSVP to help plan for food and facility needs. Father, before we let you go, could I ask you to close us with prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We come before our Blessed Mother, the co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and our advocate, we pray, asking for her intercession and her motherly protection over all of us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Our Mother of Perpetual Help, pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Once again, Father Kelly, thank you, friends. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to get one last check of the weather here. We will be back after this.